Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources to remind you you don't mom alone. And you're listening to the first episode in our third annual Summer of Mentorship series. Now, if you're new around here and you've never heard of this series, let me explain. For six weeks in the summer, we republish older episodes from mentors that we found valuable. We also have created a discussion guide. So if you listen while you're at the pool or on a trip and you want to get together with friends, we made it a little bit easier and it gives you a taste of what our Don't Mom Alone podcast clubs are like. If you want to know more about podcast clubs, go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash join. So this first episode in our series originally aired in 2014. It was episode 11 and it was titled Best Ever Life. I had the privilege of sitting around my dining room table and chatting with longtime icon from our church community, Nancy Williams, a.k.a. Fancy Nancy. I did not raise any of my children differently. Mm. And sin is alive and well, and I am not responsible for the path they choose. It has nothing to do with my value. I love them just the same. And it's such a joy when they go through struggles to walk with them Mm. and the power of the Lord to encourage them. Nothing's impossible with God. Those words from Nancy summarize this attitude I'm talking about, this godly perspective to view each challenge as a quote unquote opportunity and allowing God to work in our lives. She shares about her husband traveling when her kids were little, handling the consequences of sin that enter into our children's lives and how to manage mom guilt. And she also shares a really fun gratitude tradition in her family. But before we get to all that, let's talk for a moment, honestly, have you ever felt like you really want to plant the seeds of faith in your children's heart, but you just don't know how? You need something simple and easy that you can trust? Well, you're not alone. Thousands of women all over the world have felt the same, and they're now cultivating the hearts of their little ones using the Write the Word for Kids Bible Journal from Cultivate What Matters, who are this year's Summer of Mentorship sponsors. Write the Word for Kids from Cultivate What Matters gets you right in the Bible with your little ones. It's so simple. And oh my goodness, they're so cute. On July 17th, they're launching their brand new Write the Word for Kids Fruit of the Spirit journal. It has everything you loved about the first Write the Word for Kids with a new theme, including new fruit theme stickers, and your kids are going to love it. The Write the Word for Kids Bible journal is all about planting seeds of God's word deep in the heart of your child, and it's perfect for them to enjoy right alongside you as you have your own study and quiet time. Remember, they have the Write the Word for Journals for us mamas too. Okay, I'm excited to tell you that the Cultivate team is offering Don't Mom Alone listeners an exclusive discount. If you head to cultivatewhatmatters.com and order your Write the Word for Kids journal today, you'll get 10% off if you use the code Don't Mom Alone. That's Don't Mom Alone to get 10% off your purchase at Cultivate What Matters. All right, let's get to my chat with Nancy. Here we go. Y'all, today... I have Nancy Williams, and she actually is the mentor to my mentor. It's like the grandmother mentor, right? (laughs) I guess so. Generationally, (laughs) yeah. And what I love about the relationship I have with Nancy is not just that, but when I met Nancy at a women's retreat for our church, um, we were just talking about where we're from, and I happened to mention I was from Carmel, Indiana, and she says, no, no way. We find out that she was in a Bible study with my mom, Back, when was that? 
I'm going to age I can't you. even think. Oh, yes. Probably, Probably before I was born. In the 70s. In the 70s. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the 70s. And here we were sitting in Texas, just chatting, both from the same church. And so um, I'm just honored to have Nancy here and to share her amazing wisdom with you. Now, Nancy, tell everyone your information. How long you've been married? How many children and what are their ages? Well, we will soon be married 58 years in June if my husband straightens up. I've given him another chance. <laughs> no, no, no. 58 <laughs> years. I don't even believe well, I don't he, believe that's the truth. That he you'll give says him the secret to happy marriage is for the man to say yes, dear. Oh, well, so that's good. It, he does I that think, quite often. Well, it works. <laughs> it works. I think it's worked. And we had three children. Our oldest is Jan, and six years later, we had Julie, and then 16 months later, we had David. Oh, my goodness. And our six pl- years of Part uh-huh. and then 16 months. And I can relate to people wanting to get pregnant because I had planned on having the second child two years after Jan, and it took six years. And so we are very thankful for our three children. And from those three children, I had to count, but I think we're now a family of 22. Oh, my goodness. So uh, we don't fit around my dining room table anymore. So we go into the kitchen and the dining room, and we have family So dinners. how many grandkids is that? I have nine grandchildren and four great-grandchildren. So, and our oldest great-grandchild is um, 13. And I was thinking if the Lord gives us life for 10 years, we could be great, great. You know, that just kind of sounds scary. It makes me think I might be getting older. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, y'all, I kind of some how I wish this was a video because if you could see the life and the and the laugh lines and the smile <laughs> lines in Nancy's face, you would not believe that she has a 13-year-old great-grandchild. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. It's unbelievable. So all those numbers sound amazing. Uh-huh. And they three are. children and, and it just, you'd be a super mom. But I know you and I know how vulnerable and honest you are with your story. It, it wasn't always perfect. No. And since this is the God Center Mom podcast and we go there, we talk about the hard things and how and even in the hard things, God's there. Amen. And Amen. he's surrounding us. In your motherhood journey, can you share with the listeners what, what were the humbling times, what were the hardest times where you learned to lean on God the most? Well, our my husband traveled. He was in construction and he would leave on Monday, and he'd come home on Friday. Mm. And when he'd walk in the door, I'd say, okay, honey, here's your kids. I'm going to bed. Your dad and I agree on everything, and don't ask me permission for anything, because I was just ready to get rid of that responsibility. Mm. And my husband's wonderful. He wasn't involved in anything socially or even at church, so that when he'd be home Friday night, he was with his kids Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm. And thus, with daughters in their 50s and a son in his 50s, they all love on their dad. Mm. And the girls will even sit on their lap today. So he did not miss out mm. being a good father. Mm. So, um, the, but, but that was hard. You've shared with me yes, that the was hard. hardness of, and until earlier you'd shared a story about how you'd had the whole week, you'd been doing everything. Yeah, everything. And what did you say when he walked in? Well, he walked in the door and, you know, the suit and looked pretty handsome and walked in and said, hi, honey, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm great. I've been doing diapers all week. I've been cleaning up spit up. And so I just started telling him about my not so wonderful week. I said, not like you jetting all over the United States and being with presidents of companies and vice presidents. And he looked at me and he had tears rolling down his cheek. I'll never forget it. And he said, honey, I would much rather be home 
but I'm doing this for you and the children. Mm. And for some reason, I didn't realize that his provision was for us, mm. not just for his ego or, or anything. It was for us to provide for his family. So it really put a different perspective on it for me. Although at that time, you had to realize there were no cell, cell phones. Mm. So it wasn't like I could talk to him. Mm. Uh, no he would, Skype. No, no <laughs> Skype. And so consequently, uh, his secretary would know what hotel he would be in at night. Mm. And he'd call me when he got to that hotel. So if I had an emergency, I just had to do what I felt best about it. And did it make you more assertive as a mom? I mean, did you... Did it grow you up in your ability to be independent, or were you always independent? Well, I've always been pretty independent, but it did grow me up a little bit, well, quite a bit, because when he'd be in town, I wouldn't ask him if he wanted to drive. <laughs> I mean, I'd just be over there under the steering wheel going, and then I'd say, oh, honey, would you like to drive? You know, here he'd have <laughs> the, pass the yeah. passenger side door open waiting for me to get in, and I didn't even see it. You know, <laughs> Mothers are on a you're schedule. Just, your yeah. just automatic system kicks in. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that, you know, even in our life when, the, you know, I kind of do everything all – I mean, he helps with breakfast and, and bedtime, but, like, we have a system and how we do things. Uh -huh. And then the weekend comes, and now you're both kind of there – Right. Doing the lunch and doing, you know, the discipline and you just said there's a lot more coordination on the weekends. And so. he would always fix breakfast on Saturday for them. And we had no dishwasher and he would dirty every pot and pan in the kitchen and, of course, leave them so he could go in and have playtime with them. And I didn't ever say anything about it, but I can't say in my heart I was really happy about that, yeah. you know, because here I was working again. But but you but you for you know you moved on and I moved on yeah it wasn't a problem I was so glad he chose to pour into his children's lives yeah. during that you kind of took a, you took one for the team so he could be with right them right so it was I mean I think it's hard for me to stay quiet when I want to say something mm -hmm. so I kind of throw a little dagger oh nice that you left all the I mean uh -huh. Bruce fortunately is a, he's a dishwasher king I mean he oh, loves I know I'm, I'm kind of blessed in a lot of ways but he. <laughs> Well, so I don't have that thing, but you know, I'll throw little things here or there instead of just, would you ever tell them, you know, I wish you didn't do all the dishes or did you just stay quiet? And no, I stay quiet. I read a devotional once that said, God gave you two things to protect you from your tongue. One is your teeth and one's your lips. So I would close my teeth and then my lips. And I am so glad I didn't say anything. Yeah. And it just, uh, and one day, this is kind of off the subject, but I asked him what was the most important thing I ever did, I do for him. And he says, you're my encourager. Oh. And I thought, thank you, Lord, mm. that I, there were times when he would be down about decisions he would have to make at work, letting people go. Mm. And I'd try to encourage him. And he never seemed to take my encouragement. Mm. And there was a time when I wanted to say, you know, I'm done. If you want to <laughs> lay in the mud, just stay there. But mm. I didn't. Mm. And I was so glad I didn't. So God protected me with my Lips and teeth from saying anything. Because, <laughs> you know, you like to know if someone is taking your encouragement. Mm -hmm. But your encouragement shouldn't depend yeah, they, on if they, you see it received. If so, they like it or not. You yeah. just keep pouring it out. That's right. a really good word. Okay, so. So back to so, my children. So now, so the <laughs> husband, that was the challenging part of motherhood is that you did it alone a lot during yes, the week. Right, right. So that, that really, for the moms out there listening who maybe have a husband in the military or a husband who travels a lot or, you know, just works a lot of hours, that you relied on God a lot. Right. And I think a blessing of my generation is that we were more or less in a box 
Mm. We didn't have television. We didn't have iPads. We didn't have communication to find out what everybody else was doing. You just were in the word. And I remember I had a Better Homes and Gardens, How to Raise Children book that was so elementary, but I did have that one book. And then uh, looking back at my mother and then also just praying about it. And that was what I went with. Mm. I didn't know what other people were doing, and I really didn't care what other people were doing. Mm. And I think you all have such good resources now, and I'm not putting that down at all, as long as you don't let that determine what you do for your children, because your giftedness is different than your neighbors. Yes. So you have to take what God has given you because your children are different than your neighbors. I think that is a really, I really want to emphasize that. I mean, because you and I were talking about that a minute ago, that you know, there's all these books out that people write because they're good at that thing. Mm-hmm. So she writes a book on being organized and keeping a home really neat. But maybe her giftedness isn't welcoming a friend warmly and praying on a whim and, you know, playing on the floor with her kids. But you, that's where you're gifted. So you're trying to be both people. Right. And so you really, I think, I see a look around, you know, well, if I read this blog post and it tells me to do that <laughs> and I read that book and it tells me to do that and, and I have this resources, I can do it all. Right, right. And that may not even be, yeah, like you said, of who God made you to be. Or if you seek him, like you were mm-hmm. kind of forced to do, yes. he will guide you for that child in that moment with that issue. Right. And, and then I think you're sure of what you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have confidence because it comes that from the it Lord. doesn't yeah. really matter how it turns out. Yeah. Because um, the first time we had kind of a heartache with one of our children mm-hmm. where sin came into their life. My, my husband said to me once that really opened my eyes. I said, you know, I said, I would just die if our kids ever took drugs or had sex before they were married. Mm. And he looked at me. He said, why would that bother you? Because you're Nancy Williams. And I stopped to think about it. And I thought, yes, what would people say about Nancy Williams' children mm. doing those things? Yeah, That was in the back of my mind. So when we had the opportunity... Uh, to have a daughter that was pregnant before she got married. Mm. God had prepared me through my husband. You know, what do we need to do? Do we need to take this child? Do we need need to rear it? What can we do to help you? Mm. And of course, they wanted to get married, and they did. But uh, the main thing was God prepared me through my husband. Now, when Doug got the news, it was kind of overpowering for him. And I mm. thought how God used him as an instrument mm. in my life. Cause it wasn't about me. Mm. It was how we can walk through this time together. And of course that was probably 35 years ago. So it was very uncommon mm. <laughs> for this to happen openly, you know? And how did people respond? How did your friends respond? Cause I know, I mean, that's the thing, right? That's what you were saying. Right. What would people say about Nancy Williams? If my child Fill in the blank. Uh-huh. Well, so what did people say? Well, it was amazing. We let everyone know she was pregnant. She was just barely pregnant. And we had her go call her grandmothers and tell them. So then, so any of friends, like how did your friends come around you at that time? Did, were they crying? So, crying. Mm-hmm. Crying, hurting for us. And, and not judging. I think that's the thing we, yeah. we fear. If my kid does drugs, the, 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 for the boys, you know, I think we go to drugs. For the girls, we go to pregnancy as, uh-huh. as the worst possible option for our children. Yeah. And yet, if it does, when it does, really, it might be what brings them to the throne of God's grace. 
Well, in and us, it's an opportunity to see the power of God work in you and in the situation. Mm. Because never would you think it would happen. Mm. Why would sin come into your kid's life? Mm. They know the Bible. They've mm. all accepted Christ. Well, why does sin come into my life? Mm. I mean, Satan's alive and well. And we and view those will. sins as different. Yes. You know, uh-huh. if, if the one girl who's getting all A's uh-huh. and top of the class, and but and yet she's judging or gossiping. Or lying. We aren't embarrassed by her. Yeah. yeah. But the one that it may have a baby, all of a sudden, that's the thing that we're fearful of right. happening. And, and yeah, that's revealing to our hearts, right? Yes, definitely. So, and we, we had a church wedding and we told, we wanted everyone there that would pray for them during their lives. And it mm. was a standing room only church, mm. people there supporting them in prayer. Mm. And it's just, was beautiful to see the support of the body of Christ and how they hurt and they really hurt more for us than what we were hurting because we were being lifted up by their prayers. Mm. You know how when you go through uh, a situation, you have so many people praying for you that you wonder how you're going through it so wonderfully. And it's because they're lifting you up before the throne. Mm. So, and then I had to realize the first thing was that I did not raise any of my children differently. Mm. And sin is alive and well. And I am not responsible for the path they choose. It has nothing to do with my value. I love them just the same. And it's such a joy when they go through struggles to walk with them mm-hmm. and the power of the Lord to encourage them. Nothing's impossible with God. And as we look back at our life recently, as we were sitting around our dining room table, uh, we told our family, said, this is definitely the best part of life. Of course, we're blessed with good health. But it is the best part of life because we look back and we see all the prayers answered for our family, but they weren't the prayers we prayed. Mm. Many of them weren't. God answered them in a different way. Mm. And one of our grandsons said he couldn't be where he was with the Lord today if it wasn't for the tough times. And I don't think we would ever pray tough times for our children, Mm. or do I think I could? But I think we have to be really careful that when God puts them through tough times, we don't make it easy for them. We don't step in and try to be the Savior mm. because he's teaching them something. Right. But to walk through that tough time with them. And be a support. I think that that was something you said you'd talk to your daughter this morning who yes. is living with you now, yes. right? Uh-huh. Right. What was the thing that stood out in your family? What conclusion did you come to? You said it, there was one thing about your family that... What, the love, just the total love they have for one another. And it's nothing, we've had Christ passed down through generations. Yeah. We would sit around a table and pray. Uh, my parents would. So consequently, I think we, I tried to think, what have we done to make such a close family? They desire to be together. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was talking to my daughter, she says, Mom, I don't think we've done anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's just unconditional love mm-hmm. that we have for each other. And uh, our family knows any member would be there for the other if they needed them. But that's a big thing. It you say is. It's, and, you know, we haven't done anything. That that, to me, is that's everything, right? Love, well, I love guess wins. It is. That's everything. That is. What but, have you done? You know, your daughters go through hard times and you're there and you yeah. support them. You love them. The, ma- the message that you're giving through your actions is we love you unconditionally. Yeah, unconditionally. And I think, you know, I guess there's a time to hide the truth. Mm in a situation, but uh, God gets glory from the truth. Mm. You know, if you wait till a situation's over and don't say anything about it, God's taking you 
through that situation and not you've not been able to go back and share it is different than people praying for you because really? they have the joy of seeing prayers answered. Mm. So it just uh, all those times that you wouldn't have asked God to bring to your life. If you had been wise enough, you would have asked for him mm. because where they put you in a relationship with the Lord. And you had also shared something really good that, you know, you say sitting around the table and generations and, and how you have love and, and times that they've communicated how important that love is to them. But that communication is coming from grandsons yes. who may not have shared those things. But I would really love for you to share the, the idea and the, and the thing that you've done in your family for 40 years. You've done this. I would think at least 40. Okay. So tell them, what do you call it? It's called, we call the sharing of the corn. I get a little tassie cup or a little nut cup and put three pieces of corn. Each year I try to put the fourth one. But they tell me no, only three. <laughs> so we have a fight over it. It's like, it, I mean, she brought one corn, here. It's yeah, like a corn it's, it's like a tiny little, um, it looks like a cupcake liner, but like a mini muffin size. And you give this, set it at each person's spot. Uh-huh. And you put three kernels of corn in, in it. Okay. And so and then what do you do? With, things, with the dessert, and now we're at two tables, they bring <laughs> their little corn cup in to the, we all do it at the main table. And then Doug, what usually I think starts with scripture, and then we go around the table, and I pass a bowl, and one by one, they say what they want to thank the Lord for. So kind of like the Thanksgiving tradition of sharing what you're thankful for. Yes. This is throughout the year, whenever anyone's in your home for a meal, this is what you do. Uh Well, not throughout the year. It usually starts about Thanksgiving on through the Christmas. But with our family. Which you really could. Yeah, you really could. It would be wonderful. You really could every time you have a dinner party or every time. Every day. Every day. I mean, (laughs) gratitude. Enter his his gates with Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, and with bread. Yeah. But um, what is so neat about it, I don't know what the kernel of popcorn does. You know, I don't know what it does, but it allows people to be free to say something they probably wouldn't walk up to say to your face. Mm. One of my grandsons this year, well, my kids laugh. I keep telling them I'm going to write a book and call it The Life of the Best Evers because <laughs> I always say, this is the best ever Thanksgiving. And they laugh at me. This is another best ever, Nana, right? And I say, yes. But my one grandson said he so thanked God for his family. And he said he had friends at college that didn't go home for Thanksgiving Mm. because they didn't have a family to go to. Mm. And he just was heartbroken about that. Mm. And then my grandson that was in college in California, he said, I just couldn't wait to get here and share because I know my family always has my back. Mm. Well, we see them at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's always been our holiday Mm. where everybody comes. And the rest of the family's here, but David lives in Uh, California. Now, when they lived in China five years, and they would send their thank yous, so we could say them for them. But he said, the only bad thing is, we don't get to hear everybody else's. They hadn't wanted us to film them, you know. But they go around and say three things they're thankful for. And so many times, it would be a hard time about how God has taken them. We all sit there and cry. Mm. I mean, my tablecloth has had more tears on it mm. than probably food. Mm. And it's such a drawing together. It makes them all so close. And over the years, we've like vacation together mm. as a family. Mm. We did family things together. Well, there's a vulnerability. I think that when you're doing that, you're opening yourself up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And But it's okay 
Because everyone is. Everyone is. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's almost like going to a costume party. Mm-hmm. If you know everyone's going to look ridiculous. You'll do it. Yeah. And then uh-huh. it's very fun and it's almost like a bonding thing. Because look, we all look ridiculous I together. I mean, Bruce and I love like, you know, a themed costume party because it takes people out of their walls and their barriers. Oh, that's right. And so I think this is what, it's, it's an activity and we know we're doing it. Yeah. And yet it takes people and kind of cracks into their hearts a little bit and opens it up and spills it out and, and lets them know you value, I value you. I value you. You know, and like you said, didn't you share once? I mean, I don't know if you want to share that story, but one cousin sharing with another. Oh, yes. One of my grandsons at one end shared with tears running down his face with my other grandson. What an inspiration he was for him as far as watching his walk with the Lord. And this grandson has had a few years of walking in rough places, mm. but through Celebrate Recovery and turning his life back and to the track where the Lord wanted him to go, he's in leadership. And so... So the I, one who'd gone through the rough place had been a spiritual leader to the other to cousin. To the other one. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what a gift for him to hear. Oh, yes. Even and though I I'd been through this I don't know that he rough... would have walked up and said it. Hey, mm. I just want you to know. Mm. But there's just some kind of dynamics and, and they expect it now. Yeah. It's They're expected. preparing. Yeah. They are preparing. Yeah, And like I say, I do it with other people. And this group of girls that come in every year, the one girl said she just about didn't come because of the sharing of corn, because everything had been such a tragedy in their life this year. She said, I almost turned back. And I said, oh, don't you ever do that. You can just say pass. But she said, but then it made me think of what we do have. Mm. So it made her go, I mean, what? had to sell their house, husband sell, I mean, just all kinds of things. She thought it was all negative mm-hmm. until she thought, oh, I have so much turning to be that, thankful for, turning to that turning attention. it back. Yeah. So I have found it to be such a blessing in our life. Such I just a love it. Yeah. I love it. And I, I hope it's a blessing to y'all and that you see, I know that Thanksgiving, we've done that, gone around. And, and sometimes, I think if it's not this official thing with the corn, sometimes people, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my house. Uh-huh. There isn't, they don't go to the vulnerable place. Right. So I think it, requ- it requires a standard of, of mm-hmm. this is what we do. And, and maybe even you and Doug being vulnerable and, oh, yes. and specific. And so. we just, you know, there's just tears all over the place. You just can't. So you get your corn and you get a Kleenex. Oh, well, yeah, we try to. They always say, well, I wouldn't go to cry. Every woman says that. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go to cry, but. Yeah. No, it's that's just, awesome. you just can't imagine. One of my life verses is Ephesians 3.20. Mm-hmm. To him who, uh, oh, gosh, I've forgotten it. Oh, no, you didn't. You didn't. It's there. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well. It's there. It's in your head. It's yes, in there. Uh-huh. You'll retrieve it. That's even more than we could ever, immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, to him who does immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And that's certainly our life. Mm -hmm. Because we could never have asked God for what he's given us. I mean, it's just way too big. All your children know the Lord. All your children love the Lord. I mean, there's that's the hope of your soul. And um, and even if, even if on this planet they walked a hard road and it include a pregnancy before marriage, yeah. you said some of your Dr- daughters some had uh, some grandchildren into drugs and all and, that, and so, some divorces yeah. uh-huh. in the mix. Even even their souls for eternity will be with you, and the memories together. Oh yeah, trump the trials, trumps everything. Yeah, and you just sit back and you stand in amazement. Because I think, you know, Leslie provided some perspective on her kids are in college. Yes. 
And, you know, you'll get through these hard years with your boys, but you've even got the distance of, okay, yeah, they go to college. Yeah, they get married. Then you got more trials ahead. Right. You've got more trials ahead. And even with that, yeah. even with that, no matter what road they walk, if you have handed them salvation, it's more than it's, so, it, that's then, what matters most. Then to see the grandchildren yeah. passing that down to their children, to see your children establishing a home. None of my children ever said, boy, our home's just the best. Mm. If anything I heard, it was negative. You know, yeah. Mom, you're the worst mom. You know, all yeah. those things. Oh, they said those hear. things. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. I did <laughs> not because I had rules. I had a lot of rules. And so um, I was always the worst mom and the least understanding and blah, blah, blah. But I was confident in what I was doing. And, you know, I wasn't going to let that uh, influence me. Yeah. I just, I couldn't take a vote on popularity. Then as you see them go off, it's, it's always been a joy to watch them go off. And I cry a lot in life, but I've never cried at weddings or when they come and go because it's so beautiful to see that God has given them their life and is multiplying it and they're reaching out to people. Right. And it's just like I say, it is the very best time of life because it's... Uh, best ever. Best ever. It is another <laughs> best ever day. You're right. It's the best ever time of life. The so. grandkids' best ever, great-grandkids' uh -huh. best ever. I love that. Yeah. Okay, well, any any last words of wisdom? I know you and I have hit all kinds yes. of different. I mean, I, I always feel like I bring something up, and then you have a good word. Oh, well, I hope You have a good word. word. <laughs> I asked her about friendships earlier. She has a good word, and just random things with kids. And, and even, I don't know, if this stage of life, I feel like I'm so bogged down with, with the guilt, you oh. know, the mom guilt of, not being able to love enough because I'm trying to keep the home up. Not being able to to meet all the needs. There's four kids. They all need yeah. me. So did you ever have the mom guilt? No, but I think you could just say, Satan, get out of here. Okay. Because I think that's Satan. Okay. You are there for your kids. Yeah. Your heart's there for your kids. Yeah. You live your life for your kids. Right. And I think that's Satan trying to defeat you. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. I mean... If your laundry's not done, you'll find time to do it. You balance things so well with all your activities. Uh -huh. I stand amazed, but God has helped you because of your giftedness. Mm -hmm. But don't let guilt come in. Analyze it. Mm -hmm. And if it's something you should change, change it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think any time it said, I read where it says, Satan condemns you and God convicts and shows you a way of escape. Mm, that's a good one. So if you really feel condemnation, that's not of the Lord. He will tell there you what you're doing. Yeah. Now no condemnation. No is condemnation. Romans, right. And yeah. so, but he can convict you and then will show you a way of escape to be able to be all things to all people as he wants you to be. Yeah. But, uh, well, and I, I do remember it's coming to mind a friend, um, a good family friend growing up. She had, she had 10 kids. She's now passed away. But when her kids were reflecting on her life and she's just a beautiful person, and they said, it just seemed like she always met my needs. And I asked her one day, how are you meeting 10 kids' needs? Mm -hmm. And she said, every morning when I meet with the Lord, I say, Lord, please direct me to which child needs me most today. Wow. Yeah. How wonderful. I know. I forgot it. It just came back to me. But I think that that's it. I, you know, sometimes, you know, that one need, may need me more in that moment. Maybe it's a sickness or maybe it's a hard time at school or... And I just need to realize I can't, I cannot physically meet mm -hmm. all of their needs. And, and then it's also a, another mom who had multiple children said she, there'd been unmet needs. She got in bed and she just said, you know, 
I cannot meet all of your needs, but there is one who can. Amen. Yeah. And, and really directing our children back to the Lord in those times, especially the older ones who know, mm-hmm. who know who the Lord is and maybe even accepted him in their lives, that there is a transfer Definitely. that can happen. Definitely you know, maybe so. I'm feeling hurt. I may pray to God. Maybe I'm feeling scared. Let me pray to God. Well, and also something I did when they were small, not every day, but some days I'd ask them what was going on at school that we could pray about. Mm. And we'd pray about it before they went to school. Mm. And the joy of that is it helps them see God work something out. Like there was Mm. one little boy, Billy was so mean to David, and he Mm. says he just was just so mean to me all the time. And so we prayed about it. Oh, when he came out of school that night, he says, Mom, guess what God did? Mm, right. So it kind of helped them Take, see. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. But I don't think there's anything more difficult than being a mother mm. or more rewarding. Mm. And I really think we do young mothers or expectant mothers a disservice when we tell them how wonderful it will be. Because <laughs> it's difficult. It's and it's really not like, difficult. you know, they say, oh, the young years are hard, but then you'll be fine. No, yeah. uh-uh. no, it, it, it can't have that expectation that it's going to be easy, breezy, beautiful once your kids are in school. Yeah. So it, it, it robs you so much of your own time. You have yeah. no own time anymore. Everything centers on your kids, rightfully so. But it is the greatest, greatest mm. gift in the whole world. Because it's the greatest joy. It's really, I think, the only thing that's eternal that you have anything to do with as you build into your your children's life. It's I I see it as like the ultimate ministry. Oh, amen. Yes. Because they're seeing you lose it. Uh huh. They're seeing you what how you spend your time. They are your most their closest disciples you'll ever have. (laughs) You are. They're following literally in your footsteps like little ducks. You Uh know. And, and it's hard, you know, they're seeing, did she say that Sunday morning and now look how she's acting yeah. no. Tuesday night when she can't handle it. And she just told all those kids Sunday morning, <laughs> they can trust in the Lord. And, yeah, it, it, it's very true. It's I think at those times I'm always, you know, you know, we make mistakes. and Yeah. And that's good to let them know that. We can't you know? keep up perfect. There's no. no such thing. Or we wouldn't need Jesus. That's why I always tell them. Okay. Well, I think you're amazing. <laughs> I just do. I wish everyone had you in their life. Oh, you're so and sweet. And thank, thank you, you for sharing your story. Thank you for allowing and me to. sitting across the table from me and drinking tea. Oh, it was wonderful. Blessed. Thank you. All right. And I hope you all have a wonderful whatever you're doing today and that you can just um, know God's love so that you can pour out unconditional love. Mm-hmm. I think we can't truly love our children unconditionally, um, even a smidgen, if we don't know that love and if we don't have the Holy Spirit You know, it's one of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace. We just can't. We just can't. You can't muster that up. And so um, thank you, Nancy, for painting a vision of no matter what trials through kids, grandkids, great grandkids, that that love is what trumps it all and holds it all together. And um, I just am thankful for you. So y'all have a great day. Be blessed. I mentioned at the start of my conversation with Nancy how my mom had met her and they'd been in the same Bible study years ago in Carmel, Indiana. Well, fast forward all those years and in 2017, my mom found herself living with me here in Dallas. My dad had just passed away and my mom was getting treatment for cancer and it was such God's grace to provide a friend for my mom when she's in a 
this is not our hometown. Dallas is not our hometown. And so Nancy would take her out to lunch and they would see each other at church. And it was such a gift. Also, my two oldest boys uh, have been for the past few years serving with four-year-olds and Nancy is the lead teacher and she is such a delight to them. She's taken out um, my, one of my second sons. She's poured into his life, given him a journal where he can record God's goodness. Uh, and I just feel like God knows what we need before we we do. And she, I just want to honor her and give her just, I'm just thankful. If I'm going to do a gratitude tradition, I want you to consider who in your life has been a grace in the hardest seasons and to reach out to them and thank them. I'm also going to pray for us a lot that Nancy brought up. I want to pray over any fears, any guilt, and uh, to get that perspective, to see challenges as opportunities and allow God to work. Lord, I come before you and we're releasing our fears, our greatest fears for what could happen in our kids' lives. And we're trusting you with the consequences of that sin. We're trusting that um, you can use even the hardest things to be a place of your hand and your work in their lives. We thank you and praise you for the hard seasons of mothering little ones and how it requires us to surrender and lean on you, God. We also thank you and praise you for the ability to thank you and praise you. May we turn to gratitude more. I know in my own heart, I can go and see what's wrong before I thank you for what's right. I pray that you would help us as guilt rises up in our hearts to examine it and to sort through if this is a conviction of the Holy Spirit or condemnation from the enemy and to not let him win, but to, if it is a conviction, to take it to you and ask you what you're asking us to do differently, God. I pray for each person listening that she would come to you with her greatest hurts, her greatest fears, her greatest guilts, and allow you to work and move and transform her from the inside out. I thank you for Nancy. I pray a blessing over her life. I thank you for the gift she's been to so many people, her children, her grandchildren, and the ripple effect of her positivity and her perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, fun announcement. Kate Duff is a local mom here in Dallas, and she has started several Don't Mom Alone podcast clubs. She and her crew in Capel, Texas are going to host a Don't Mom Alone live event in Capel on August 23rd. It's a Friday night, seven to nine. If you go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash live, you'll see some more details there where you can sign up. It's going to be $10 and I'll be there ready to meet you guys. I'd love to see you. And I really hope to inspire you to do what Kate's done to just invite other moms so that you don't mom alone. I want you to be with people in real life. Just like my conversation with Nancy, eyeball to eyeball, saying your greatest fears out loud, encouraging one another, pointing each other back to God. Um, So join me there. Go to don'tmomalone.com forward slash live. All right. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. 
with faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.